0: On this episode of Bootstrappers, we're gonna speak with Sarah Durbin, who has started five different property management companies in four different states. We're gonna talk to her about change management and how to make sure that change is implemented successfully. That's next. Welcome to Bootstrappers, a unique program designed to help make your business better. From property management to remote workers, Bootstrappers is here to help your business succeed. Bootstrappers is a production of Annequim LLC. So let's lace up those business boots and join Bootstrappers with Jeremy and Gwen Aspen. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are interesting to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, and I'm joined today with the lovely... Sarah Durbin. Thank you. She has a history of uh, running many management companies, five in fact, she's owned and operated across four states, and now she does consulting full time. Today we're going to talk to Sarah about change management, one of the most difficult things in business, and how to do it successfully. Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. Anaquim helps property management companies be more profitable through virtual assistance, 24 hour call center for leasing maintenance and call overflow, and through full back office support for rent manager clients. If you're a fan of the show, please like, subscribe, tell all your friends, and leave us a comment or some feedback in our on our YouTube channel in the uh, information area. I'm sorry, it's called the description area. Or see us on Instagram at Show and click on the bio and leave us a message there. The most insightful message, uh, gets to participate in our book giveaway, which we have every single week. So feel free to participate in that. With that, I'm going to say, hello, Sarah Durbin. How are you? I'm doing great. So I'd love to talk to you more about your career because running five different property management companies in four different states is,
1: uh, I mean, quite a journey. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Tell us how that happened. Started with one and went to five. (laughs) <laughs> Which states did you live in? So, whenever we would launch a new office, we always moved to that state. until we okay. got to a certain number of doors. Um, we started in Utah. I started in a small area, Vernal, Utah, known as Dinosaur Land. Oh, cool. <laughs> 9,000 population. Um, took that office to about 300 units. Wow. And then decided we wanted to move on to uh, bigger areas. So, we went to... San Jose had a couple locations there, um, then went to Seattle, Washington, and then uh, Greenville, South Carolina.
0: So at each location, we're using the same processes and procedures that yep. you were using in the
1: the other ones? Somewhat, so as we grew, we tried to centralize more. So we didn't just leave it how everything in the first one was running, we centralized as much as possible. Um, we only had five, um, I call them boots on the ground. <laughs> Wow. Um, Employees and then everything virtually before it was kind of the thing. Oh, very cool. So did you end up selling that organization? I did. We did that from 2006 to 2017, managed about 1,200 units. 1,200 units. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. Okay. So
0: so I'm sure through that time you've done tons of transformation of companies
1: because now you consult so you've yep. seen I have seen you've seen it all Door one <laughs> to having a thousand units and you know the problems and pain points of everything in between that so just a one point of clarity when you were
0: moving to other states did you take over an existing business and or were you
1: starting from scratch so all but one was starting from scratch okay. so Seattle we bought an existing office It was on fire. (laughs) Okay. So
0: I actually want to talk about that more because that really leads into our core question, which is change management, right? Change management is so hard. I mean, giant corporations struggle with it, so it's no wonder that smaller organizations do as well. So let's just take that as an example. Property management company, you come in there and you say it's on fire. Can you
1: tell us what the circumstance was when you walked in the door? Yeah. So. I did due diligence on it um, for a couple of weeks. Flew to the area, worked with the staff. They knew that the change was coming and were so adverse to it that the first day we the took, ownership change, not the ownership change, just structure, structure. how okay. They, so you they, were there was no accountability with that staff, and they could see the changes with you know how management style was going to happen. That the day we took over that office the staff did not show up so nobody showed up no one showed up oh my goodness (laughs) because
0: of accountability yep so so I'm sure that that's a really big sticking point for a lot of people so let's just kind of dig into what no accountability looks like first and then how to change to an organization of accountability because that's where a lot of people are Um, so no accountability I always feel and I've I've you know my business acumen has improved over time so there was a time where I worked you know my property management company had little accountability and I felt like I was a prisoner to I've Been <laughs> there as well <laughs> I felt like my employees uh, like a prisoner to the employees is that how yeah. a lot of owners feel yeah I would imagine so yep so if you don't have processes and procedures documented then you're afraid of losing people who do whatever it is they do all day. Oh, abs- isn't that how abs- it is?
1: Absolutely, or even knowing what's going on with anything that that person does.
0: Yeah. So it, the, before you have processes and procedures, or hold anyone accountable. Like, I remember this girl, I'd walk into the office and I'd be like, hey, and I won't say what her name is, but hey, Mary. And she would literally just sneer at me when I walked in the door. And I felt helpless to do anything because we didn't know what we would do without her. We didn't know how to hire. This is years ago, but we didn't know how to replace her because we didn't really know what she did. Yeah, that's a horrible,
1: horrible position <laughs> to be in. It's, they're not happy, you're not happy, and you're there's so much fear around even trying to change that. Right. Like they have all of the control. You have no control as the business owner. How will this affect my business? Will it fall apart the minute she walked out the door because all the owners are used to interacting with her? It just creates a lot of constant fear and anxiety. So when people hire you to
0: consult with them, is that what you're walking into a lot of the time? okay so what is the first step let's say somebody nothing's written down they're at the mercy of the employees the culture is somewhat toxic what is the first step if someone is super overwhelmed to the change management of
1: of the entire system well, before COVID, I would go into an office and And spend let's a pretend week. it's before COVID okay, because great. it's like after COVID now. Well, Zoom, Zoom has worked well too. We've kind of come up with a whole system, but it's just starting conversations because I can tell within a matter of two minutes talking really? to an employee if they're a problem. I okay.
0: Can. So what? how? How can you tell? I don't know. <laughs> you have that sixth sense? I do. Yeah. So what are you looking for? Like if you're telling me my employee is toxic, mm-hmm. what are you telling me that you're seeing? They're hiding things
1: usually. Hmm. Okay. What kind of things do employees hide? um, Mistakes they've made. Okay. If they're behind in certain workloads and they don't want other people to see that. Okay. And it's not always intentional. Sometimes they're in the wrong position and they have the best of intentions. I'm going to work extra hours on Saturday and catch it up, and it just doesn't happen, and it's a snowball effect. So sure. it just keeps snowballing, and they can't get caught up. And they might not have had that intention at all. It's just not a good fit.
0: Mm-hmm. So is that the the number one thing you see? What else would you yeah. tell me
1: about the employee, like if, if you can t- tell right away? They typically do not get along with other employees in the office, so you'll find just starting to talk to employees. Some are so willing to give the information (laughs) you know here's what i'm working on or hey you know i thought about this idea to make this better so they're they're willing to come to the table where that employee is completely shut off so they're like a brick wall yes when you ask them questions yes So they'll either be toxic, um, employee fraud, I find a lot of times. So is that a big impetus for people calling you in? Is that there's something funny with the numbers and they don't know what it is? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I'll take a look at P&Ls and find problems. I found a bookkeeper when I took a look at five years of the books that hadn't been embezzling
0: Mm. $20,000. That's a shocker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I bet you didn't like
0: being the messenger of that one.
1: <laughs> no, that's not very fun. Some are not, you know, it's not as bad. Employee booking uh, personal trips on the company card and yes. classifying it differently and okay paying okay. utility bills, <laughs> their own utility oh. bills out of and you know running it through through the system. Wow, so just trying to find those pieces of employee fraud.
0: Okay, so let's let's
1: back up. I'm in a
0: Property uh, or a property management company owner, I know something's wrong in my business, I can't tell what it is. You come in, you're you're, uh, gonna tell me that certain employees are toxic, then you're gonna tell me I have to get rid of them,
1: right? It's not always employees, sometimes it's just lack of direction. Okay, so. From the top, and then the employees are trying to do the best they can, but there's not enough direction and processes in place, and so. sometimes there's no problem with employees. They are on board. They want things to get better. They want to do a a good job for the company. And so it's just starting to figure out, okay, what's broken in processes? What's not working? Oh, you were at 150 units and now you're at 400 and still trying to run things the same. It's not working out so great. (laughs) Okay. So when you dig
0: in, then you identify whether it's a people person, Mm -hmm. a process person. Problem yep. or like a clarity issue. Yep. Is that how you is that how you would segment yep. them out too? Yeah, I just try to find all the holes. <laughs> how long does that process of uncovering everything take?
1: It depends on the company. <laughs> okay. But from what to what? Like a week to three weeks? Yeah. Some. It just depends on how much they want to dedicate to it. So come in for a week and we fix certain things, give them homework. I've got clients that I still work with every single week. I get on with them for an hour and it's kind of more like accountability. Okay, how's this going? (laughs) Okay, what steps can we take to move forward with this? Um, Implementation, I'll sit and help them implement because a lot of them get stuck. Like You'll tell them what needs to be done and then it's overwhelmed. And so, I want okay. to make sure that they've got the tools or help that they need to actually roll it roll it out. So, that's such a
0: key of what we're going to do. So, if some companies having a lot of problems, ob- obviously, you have to implement
1: change. Yes. What are the steps to truly implementing lasting change? So, finding the problems. Okay. And then chunking it down to bite sized pieces or What action. is an example of like a big project that, in the first step? Like a big project. <laughs> so maybe like turns. Let's talk about move out yes. process. Tenants, tenants going to give you notice and the whole process of going from when you got that notice to a new tenant moving in. That's usually some areas that need some uh, improvement. Yes, I would agree. Especially
0: and if you're in a seasonal environment where everyone moves in
1: July. Yes. <laughs> yes, so taking what they currently have and seeing what's not working. And then chunking it down to what needs implemented and so you're usually not only talking to you know the, the company owner but the employees that are actually doing the work. so it starts with asking good questions yes and then 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 you go down to a state specific level too like are we meeting all the expectations of, okay, the state's requiring 14 days in the security deposit or 30 days in the security deposit. So, making sure we're not missing any of those pieces. So, when you're chunking it, like, what would be an example of one step? Okay. So, one step would be get all of the information of how the process is working now. Okay. And then next step is finding all the holes in the process. And then next step is chunking down what needs to be done to fill all the holes in that process. Then next step, have everybody review and be happy with the process, especially those that are doing the day to day of that process, and then implementing that. So maybe, you know, they're using something like Lead Simple. So we're going to create the whole, um, like a flow chart of all of the steps and then you know create that into lead simple or whatever system they're using some of them aren't using systems so maybe checklists but making it so that there's something to follow and we're consistent with the process
0: okay so when do people usually revert back to their old ways the second you leave
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we, we Create the accountability okay so that's like the last step of the process yes and when accountability starts to happen staff starts also creating each other accountable too because departments interact with each other and and they see that it makes things
0: less stressful so they're like oh I love it I see a glimmer of hope that my life will be
1: easier and I won't want to slip my wrist in July when everyone moves out exactly exactly and just you know the the accountability and then um there's usually like meetings missing so we'll create a weekly meeting and then have what they need to bring to that weekly meeting so all the departments are on the same page so when let's talk
0: about accountability because i know that that's super hard mm-hmm. so you're saying that the employee's gonna put in the score are you a scorecard person i'm not but it's similar
1: similar so we can well, talk what do you,
0: well, what do you call what do you call it like the kpis yeah. or whatever yeah. Yep. So KPI. So they're putting into like whatever framework, like a spreadsheet, the KPIs, yep. for instance. And if they're out of scope, then you're asking the leader to do what? Like what? Tell what is it? Tell me why.
1: Tell me. <laughs> tell so me so why. ask more questions ask when. Ask more questions. If something doesn't look right, then you need to start digging. It's a red flag. Something's going on. You know? Did we not close as many leads this month? Why? Why didn't we close as many leads this month? What? What lead source is broken? Or did my BDM have a personal issue in his life he didn't tell me about, or she, and I need to dig a little deeper of what's going on. Or is there a process
0: issue where yep. we're just not even seeing the leads because of some systemic problem? That's right. Something, problem. something broke down. <laughs> there are glitches. So, so when you're working with leadership to become better, mm-hmm. you're... Ask. You're teaching
1: them how to ask the right questions. Yes. Ask questions and look for the holes. Okay. So, um, and then you want you want the you know the staff members to also the team members to also want to talk and interact with each other. Is it important to a leasing agent that the BDM is in conversation with somebody that has 30 single-family homes? And when they normally only close, you know, 12 new management agreements, that's double the workload that is a good chance coming their way. That's a good heads up for the leasing agent and anyone else involved in the onboarding process that their workload may double all of a sudden so that the team can work together so that it's more seamless than all of a sudden a change like that coming in.
0: So are most of the cultural issues that you see in property management companies, they come down to... Change management, like understanding when something is broken and fixing it. And then also holding people accountable once things are fixed. And then the communication piece, is that really where the big problems tend to be? Yes, yep. And communication is a huge, huge one. Are there any other areas where the owners typically have blind spots? Oh man, let me think
1: for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I can't... Think right I now. bet
0: in marketing too, it seems like when I look at a lot of market or like with the workflow, the client
1: experience from yes. marketing through. Blind spots are um, places that you don't have enough understanding of the basics. Okay, so if how I've, would you define I've, the basics? If I've hired a marketing company, I should understand what they're doing so I can also hold them accountable. If I've hired a bookkeeper to handle my books, I need to understand the basics of a P&L and my financials and not just be leaving it to some other person. If my main office manager walked out tomorrow or had some sort of family emergency or health issue, do I have the basics down enough that I could temporarily band-aid that? So this leads me to think that most people who are entrepreneurial and
0: start businesses are very high level.
1: They're, yep. They see the vision and usually the operations piece, they don't have as much of a grasp.
0: So then they get into
1: trouble because they're like, oh, this vendor is going to just handle this all for me. Yep. Or this perfect staff member that I just hired that it seems like it's going great. So I'm just going to take their word for it.
0: Okay, so so really your message to leaders is to dig a little bit deeper, ask the deep questions, know how to hold people accountable. And and if there's a red flag,
1: dig for a minute. Do you think people neglect digging because they just don't want the answer? That's part of it. That is definitely part of it, and part of it is day-to-day. You get stuck in the day-to-day. You never take the time to step out of your business. So I used to take a, uh, not a vacation, I used to go stay in a hotel. A lot of the times it could be even where I was living, I would just go stay in a hotel for two days. So if I needed to take a look into something, I would separate myself from the day-to-day of the business and actually step out and implement something or look at the problem that I was facing so that I could come up with solutions or all the action items that I needed to take to implement what I was trying to implement because it's really hard (laughs) when you're sitting at the desk and you've got staff interrupting and -and so-and-so's property's flooding and over here this issue's going on and so it's so easy to kick the can down the road. It is really hard to hold ourselves accountable, and that's where coaching comes in great because it's somebody holding you accountable every single week. You want to get in shape, you hire a trainer. Your car needs service, you take it into Jiffy Lube. And so it's just somebody holding you accountable, helping you implement and get those things in place. So you really
0: do recommend people leave their business for a few days I and do. like go on a vacation and really think strategically. Yep away from the business I know
1: quarterly isn't realistic for most but at least a couple of times a year look at your goals where are you at with it what problems are you having what um, criticism from your staff have they given you that you need to take a look at
0: so before you go on that Retreat if you will do you recommend them doing like an internal survey? Like making sure that they have all the data gathered ahead of time. Yep So they can sort through it
1: if they can some of it is just getting yourself out of there so that you can okay. start taking a look right right right. <laughs> okay, I've got this problem going on I need to spend three four hours taking a look at this and how we're going to fix it Let me get out of all of the fires for a second and everything going on and hey only call me if it is a true fire yeah, out of it's, property. Yeah,
0: if something's truly
1: burning if, down. If it can wait four hours, six hours, that I can be uninterrupted, you know, sitting in the quiet of a hotel room, then it can wait the four to six hours and I will check in with you. Okay, so identifying the problems, really
0: clarifying the issues, separating yourself from the company, all good things. Now, let's say I'm rolling out
1: the change and nobody on the team likes it. That is, you do not have the right staff in place because in property management, as you are growing, there will always be change. Okay. So it starts with really maybe even the hiring process, just letting them know that there will always be change. Yep. And embrace change. You want people that are going to embrace change that come to you with ideas as well. You know, they may see something that you're not seeing. And so you want your staff to be able to come to you with ideas as well.
0: Or, I mean, maybe help you see the full picture, yep. right? So that having a culture where it's okay to maybe have those hard
1: conversations and Absol- push back. Absolutely. And and the mistakes, too. We are humans. Interacting with humans, they are going to be mistakes. And so just knowing that, hey, bring the mistakes let's work through it together, just communication, open conversations.
0: So that's really like a psychological security for the employees that they're not gonna get fired or yelled at if they bring up a problem. Yes. So do you find that uh, oftentimes when you come into a company, the owner really needs to work on their leadership style? Yes. Okay, so what are some common ways that a leader could improve
1: their style to improve their business? it depends on what's going on if, <laughs> so some some might be just non-communicators wanting to shut themselves in their own office so right? is that like They're avoiding just, the par- problems yeah, I think so it's so so. like a
0: personality that wants to pretend the problems aren't happening
1: yep okay or expected a certain level from the staff and there wasn't clear enough direction others okay. others um let me see <laughs> Uh, to friend a friend with the staff. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm trying to word that differently. No, so, but so they uh, want to be liked so much that
0: they're not willing to hold someone accountable. Yes,
1: or even have any sort of halfway difficult conversation. Because they don't want to hurt feelings and they want to be...
0: Okay. So you've got the avoidant personality that avoids communication and lacks a clear direction, clarity in the direction to the employee. Then you have a personality type that's so friendly that they're unwilling to hurt feelings to talk about the hard
1: things. Yep. Okay. So are those the two most common? Those are the two most common. I mean, and then some just need to... (laughs) Do you ever have mean? They're too mean? I wouldn't work with that client okay okay <laughs> there's certain clientele that are a good fit for me too okay I would never I feel bad for those employees if that's the case of what's going on if they can't check themselves and treat other accordingly is that a common thing that you yeah. think happens um like I mean maybe it definitely happens yeah yeah okay just like not enough emotional control
0: yes. on the part of the yes owner of the company and
1: the industry is already hard enough with emotions of being that middle person between owners and tenants you need a better culture for the staff to be able to you know you got to laugh together Mm -hmm. (laughs) be able to laugh at the things going on because otherwise burnout is just going to happen with everyone for
0: sure for sure Wow. So, um okay, so change management when you go in there, you're going to identify the problem. They'll work on it, but the main thing is to not be that that uh owner that it's always the next shiny object cuz that also can cause issues too. <sighs> that
1: is entrepreneurs. <laughs> so, we love shiny objects. Yeah, so it, it's great to have ideas and write them down, but get the current thing that you have going under control before you're jumping onto the next shiny object.
0: Okay, so you would advocate
1: for really prioritizing. Absolutely.
0: And then finishing one change and have it totally operating and working before you make the next change.
1: Yes, what's going to impact, yep, yeah, prioritizing, what's going to have the most impact and then move down the line. because. Uh, people get burned out if they get burned out they get overwhelmed and confused i think confused there's usually fear depending on what they're trying to change or implement will this work so fear can sometimes stop them Okay, so you don't want
0: to go too fast. You don't want to come back from a conference and implement 10 things at the same time. No, you
1: should pick your top three to five, put them on your schedule of action that you can take on those every single week. You don't want to, we're at a conference right now, you don't want to go home, you're looking at the 20 great ideas and things and the overwhelm of, I need to do all of this all at once, and then you get nothing done and it's a year later and you're still in the same spot. Okay well good well I'm so grateful to have
0: you Sarah well, on the you. show and so if people want to get in touch with you because they need help with their business um, tell us a little bit about your ideal client and how people would get in touch with you ideal
1: client um, just somebody that's open to change open to the coaching open to listening to suggestions not that every suggestion I have would work or is a good fit but talking
0: through that um, what kind of problems do you typically work at like what's a kind of problem that you could you know you could help somebody with
1: Processes <laughs> for sure depending on where they're they're at in their business okay. so being able to go in maybe you're were at 300 now you're at 650 and you know finding the holes that you're now experiencing everything was running fine and now now you've got some holes but you have no idea where they're at I like finding I like finding the problems and solving them Okay. And so also for those clients that maybe
0: they haven't, they've had process improvement be on their list for 18 months yep, and they still haven't changed it. Maybe that's an indication or they haven't worked on it. Yeah. An indication that they need some support. That yeah. would be a They're great client.
1: At accountability and helping them chunk it down into bite-sized pieces to be able to take some action. Okay, great. And where where would someone find you, Sarah? Um, Sarah at com. S-A-R-A-H, and last name Durbin, D as in dog, U-R, B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy.
0: Awesome. And uh, to participate in our book giveaway this week, please go to our YouTube channel or uh, see us at Bootstrapper Show on Instagram. Leave us a comment. Our book of the week is Atomic Habits, an easy and proven way To Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones by James Clear. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And that's a wrap for this week on Bootstrappers. This has been Bootstrappers, a unique presentation designed to help you better understand how the world turns. Contact Gwen or Jeremy at posts at bootstrappers.club or visit our website. Annaquim.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Spotify,
1: and our YouTube channel. Thank you and join us next time for Bootstrappers.